0: This is the Man in a Room podcast. This is Man in a Room. It is a podcast, a podcast. You're listening to Man in a Room. (laughs) I know. Hello and welcome to this episode of Man in a Room. Just uh, here thinking about the chart show. Do you remember the chart show? Oh, that used to be good. Every Saturday for a half an hour, they'll be like, oh, here's here's the latest pop tunes from the charts. And they're going to show you like maybe a minute of each one. I remember watching it each week and the hope that I'd better see a music video that I wanted to watch. Because we didn't have uh, MTV back then. We basically had the ITV chart show where they would just show... little snippets of music videos and we'd maybe record them onto video, so we can be like oh there's that music video from that thing and oftentimes i actually haven't seen full videos of classic songs i absolutely adore and it's very weird because i remember the first time i bought a dvd and they actually had the uncut versions of music videos like oh my goodness these videos are more than a minute and a half can't believe it but you have to understand that they had to basically uh, show the best bit and all that kind of stuff and uh, they used to be like um, another TV show called uh, Top of the Pops uh, that was cancelled years ago uh, and then cancelled again after, you know, the whole Top of the Pops debacle. We will mention uh, Jimmy Savile because you want to keep the, keep the energy up, you know. But there was a rule on Top of the Pops that if a song is moving up the charts, it'd be featured. But if it's going down the charts, it won't be featured. And... Um, you know, it's just one of those things, You better, you used be interesting watching, because that's be what was popular. If something was climbing up the charts, it meant that people wanted to see it, you know, people wanted to hear it. So there'd be multiple people, uh, different weeks, like, oh yes, getting to number 22, oh, it's a number 17. They might play a little snip of it and all that kind of stuff. And I remember as the years went on, they used to be more focused on music. I used to watch a TV show called SMTV Live, Saturday Morning Television, that's what it was called, and at the end of SMTV Live, they would have something called CD UK. Now, it's clever, this. You ready for this? Because CD was an actual way of buying music, compact discs, you know? But it also meant Countdown UK, you see? And I don't mean the Channel 4 game show where they would, like, play letters and number games and this kind of stuff. It's basically just be like, oh, here's some stuff, you know, here's some music and all that kind of thing. And the problem was, was that there would often be times when... Uh, the same song would be number one for ages, you see. And their rule wasn't like Top of the Pops. They would just play whatever was number one. And unfortunately, uh, for many weeks, uh, the song from Titanic, I should say, uh, by Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. And the joke was, my heart will go on and on and on and on to the point where they just started playing the music video in the corner, muted, muted. Or very, very quietly in the background because it was like, well, we can't just keep showing this. It's getting ridiculous, you know. And it sort of led me onto a little rabbit hole, actually. So I started looking up number ones that lasted forever because I remember there was a few that was literally number one for ages. And these usually were songs from popular, like movies at the time. Because I remember Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Oh my goodness, that was number one for ages. And I looked it up, and it at number one for 16 weeks. Let me put that into perspective. That's four months. That is a third of the year. Everything I do, I do it for you. That song, you know, uh, is from the film Robin Hood, which I've never seen and never intended watching. Intend to watch, I should say. And um, I'm, I remember after that, there was another, sh- another one by uh, Wet Wet Wet. Uh, love is all around me, that one. That was at number one for 15 weeks. And it was cut short when Wet 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 were like, do you know what? We're going to stop making it. We're going to stop producing it because it's just getting a bit ridiculous. And uh, so I looked up on the internet what the actual songs like, which have been number one the longest. So you have to bear in mind, uh, Brian Adams was number one for 16 weeks in 1991. And then you got Wet Wet Wet, who were, I think, number one for 15 weeks in 1994. The one underneath that, right, was also at number one for 15 weeks, and it was by Drake in 2016. I was like, why have they not mentioned this before? It was a song called One Dance featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Never heard it in my life, but then number ones don't really mean anything these days. But I actually remember, um, like I say, when Wet 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 were like, just stop buying. St- uh, we're going to stop making it. Just stop buying it, please. It's getting a bit ridiculous. We're a bit, we're a bit bored of it now, you know. Just, l- le- just let it lie. And the funny thing is, is that what always struck me was that how on earth had people kept, how do people keep buying it after like a few weeks? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Obviously there's demand for it, but everybody must have a copy of that. I don't have a copy of those two songs or Drake's One Dance featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Obviously I don't have a copy of that. It's probably a digital download, but how on earth does it remain number one for that long? Like it doesn't like trickle out. Do you know what I mean, it's like you buy it once, you know. But then again, uh, that's why they have the weird B sides and stuff like that. But I can't imagine the B side of everything I do. I do it for you. Be any good? Um, in fact, let's look it up right now. Some live, some live googling on the old. Actually, a Duck Duck Going. I don't use that. Um, everything I do. Brian Adams. I also want to say Brian Adams. Uh, is canadian and so is drake uh so maybe there's something we like canadian music i don't know but everything i do what's the b-side i bet it's some sort i bet it's an instrumental or something like that it could be because one of those sort of slushy romantic songs also the wet 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 song is also quite romantic i can't i'm yielding no results here on what the b-side was and you know what i actually don't care enough to actually continue um b-side she's only happy when she's dancing live in belgium and then cuts like a knife live in belgium yeah i don't yeah not interested how dull anyway talking about dull and boring it's time for tarot and tea it's a beverage and divinity ooh so as we are all aware this is the tarot and tea where i'm going to shuffle the tarot cards i'm going to draw three cards and that's going to be the past the present and the future the past may ring a bell for you or somebody else that you know and then i'm going to say what the present is i'll put into perspective what the past is and then the future which may or may not happen because it's the future and like back to the future we know that we can change the future if we just concentrate hard enough and have a delorean and a crazy doctor with white hair and looks a bit mad and is played by christopher lloyd Anyway, that's the tarot cards are all shuffled. we going to have a quick sip of the old tea to wet the old, wet the whistle. Mmm. Let's slosh that around a little bit. Right, so... Honestly, this is quite bland. This is a pucker. Wonderberry green, it's called, right? I literally can't taste anything in that. Oh, I hope my... my Sense of taste hasn't gone. Um, I don't think it's the case. But it's supposed to taste like berries and spices and green tea. I can taste the green tea. But not the spice or the berries. There we are. That's that's, that's my review. Not a a great tea, actually. It's like drinking a glass of water. Hot water. Anyway, card number one. We have the Nine of Wands. This has definitely been up before. Uh, And this is a guy who's got a bandaged head. And he's basically, he's got eight wands behind him and he's holding one uh, of the wands and he's suspiciously looking at the other ones like oh this one's okay but the other eight, ooh, i don't trust that one so basically i would say that if you are you know i, I would i'm gonna say like if you are uh have a large group for, a group of friends and uh, you know you basically cling to one like a best friend almost, and you become very suspicious of your other friends, this may be for you or somebody. So basically, if you feel suspicious of the of your friends group, but you only trust the one, this may be for you. So here we have a, a card here. This is like, I literally, I've never seen this card in my entire life. This is the Six of Cups. Um, so this is the future. So if you become suspicious of your friends, and uh, you are now basically... this card is basically just two what I would appear to be children and the cups have got flowers in um so maybe there's a certain amount of forgiveness involved or almost courtship maybe i don't know um and basically this two people are they look like kids because they're all all, you know very very short people um handing a cup to each well one's handing a cup to the other and the other one's receiving the cup from the other and it's like a nice sort of village i don't know and uh, yes, yeah, so basically, maybe there's a certain amount of forgiveness is you know you've become suspicious of people, but you're also now forgiving people, like currently you're forgiving in a forgiving mood, and you're only forgiving some of your friends for what they are or what what the what you perceive them to have done, maybe I don't know um and the the future is the ace of Pentacles again. One of the cards I always find difficult to explain. the ace of Pentacles is the future, basically it's the oh, look at this giant pentacle being held aloft by a hand uh, coming from a cloud above what I could only describe as a hedge maze. So, um, you know, in the future, um, a gift, an unknown gift from somebody is going to be great. You know, your or main... Well, no, that would say the future, that would be you would receive a large hand from a, from the sky. Cracking the sky and a hand coming down from... I don't know the rest of the words for that. I it in the words. Um... But the future could possibly be uh, a visit to a hedge maze will, I know, yield you great results from the sky. Maybe that bird won't poo on you or poo on somebody else. Don't know where I'm really going with that. So if you've, if you've been suspicious about people and you've forgiven people, it can only be bright if you visit a hedge maze. So maybe, if that sounds like, maybe visit a hedge maze or some sort of stately home. Something like that. Anyway, this has been... Taro and tea. It's a beverage and divinity. Ah. Anyway, I'll be back with this very, very short break. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, please do not hesitate to send them to show at man in a Co. UK. So, it's no secret that I'm not much of a computer game player. I used to love playing computer games when I was younger, I was obsessed, I used to always be playing Donkey Kong and all that kind of stuff, but the one game that stands out for me is Tetris, and I'm not going to talk about that right now, I'm going to talk about a different game that I like, called Mario. Now Mario is a game by the giant company of Nintendo, now what I like about Mario is that it's been one of those games that has always been there for me, you know? Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, Mario World, Mario 64. All classic games. And uh, it's funny because they have it's the 35th year of uh, them releasing Mario. And it's crazy to think that a game that is that old still is able to pull the crowds. And um, it's actually quite fun because they've released a new version of the game. And it sort of made me play it. It's like, oh, I used to love this game so much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... How do I explain Mario? With somebody who's never heard of Mario. I just assume you've heard of Mario. Mario is just a game that is just great. You basically run along, you jump, you, you, you eat mushrooms, you eat flowers. And, you know, you can shoot fire from your hand. You jump on Goombas. You jump on turtle shells or Koopas. And, you know, and it's just one of those games that's just fantastic. It hasn't really aged that much. Uh, obviously, it looks a bit aged. And the music is just classic. Do you know what I mean? It's just the classic. The funny thing is, right? So, when I used to play that game years ago, the music never used to annoy me. And all these years later, the music doesn't annoy me still. You would have thought it would have done, but it doesn't. And uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's just classic. In mean, all the different levels, you've got the. Duh- that bit as well, the I can't do that, do you know, I can't do the music for the water levels or the, I can't do a good representation of the boss levels again, it sounds nothing really like the uh, I can't, it's not possible but you are a thought after all these years it'd be annoying but it's not, same with Tetris I can't remember how the Tetris music goes after all these years, which is crazy there we are, anyway I'm getting on a weird tangent now, I'm sorry about that so basically, these games have been around for many, many years, and people have been playing it for years and years and years. I mean, it's one of those games I can literally just pick up, and I'll just go, right, muscle memory, here we go, da-da-da-da-da-da, run along, like all that kind of stuff, and just press B, and, you know, off I go. But I don't know if you know this or not, but there's actually a community of people called speedrunners. Now, speedrunners are very, very fascinating people. Speedrunners try and complete games in the shortest amount of time because there are different like glitches and warp zones and hidden secrets in the game that let you complete the game very, very quickly. The idea of the warp zone is because there was this is before save games because basically it wasn't you weren't able to save a game on a cartridge, and so basically they got these little warp zones so you could like you know on the I think on the second level you can get to like World 4 or something like that. And then if you know where to find the other warp zone, you can get to like level 8 very quick. All this kind of stuff, you know. And it's actually really interesting because people are able to now complete games in very, very short amount of time. And it's, it's fascinating to watch. I mean, I there's a, a service online called Twitch and it's basically people playing computer games online and you can just watch them. And it's something I've always done, to be fair. I mean, uh, Mario specifically, I used to watch my brother play Mario 3 a lot. And it used to be in the background. It's like the music of the, you know, Mario 3 used to be in the background a lot. Mario 1 in the background a lot. I used to play it. So, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just been a constant. And uh, it's something that is kind of strange to think that probably one of the first generations to experience that kind of... Well, we were definitely the first generation to experience home consoling, as it were. And uh, being able to watch people try and complete Mario in the shortest possible time. You can complete Mario 1 in five minutes if you know what you're doing, you know. And I find that really, really fascinating. And um, it's just very strange because it's almost like background music for me now. It's like, I just put it in there. It's like, if I put a, like a, a compact disc of the Mario theme tune on a loop, it would drive me mad. But if I'm watching somebody do it, it's crazy. There's this dude, he's uh, trying to basically... Oh, I think he, he's probably done it now, now thinking about it. Uh, trying to complete five Mario games in less than one hour. Basically, back to back, he sits there on Twitch, and uh, he basically just plays these games over and over again, like, just trying his hardest to, like, get all these games done in one hour, and it's really, really fun to watch. I can't explain it. It's really hard to... I'm literally on the edge of my seat thinking, come on, man, you can do this. You can do this, I believe in you. And, uh, yeah, I remember... Actually, you know, this is this is a bit of a strange tangent here, but Softly obviously Mario is one of those games that is like a 2D game. I remember the first time I ever saw it in 3D. The first ever 3D game I ever saw was when my brother bought Mario 64. It was a Thursday, and I can remember uh, literally watching him do this, and it's like, wow, this is it's 3D. This is crazy. You can run around and do what you want. This is, this is honestly the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I remember trying to play it and not really getting on with it very well, and um it was just uh, it's just very strange you know and um it's just the way games have come on now it's just it's it's unbelievable the evolution of stuff that has happened over the years is just absolutely bonkers like genuinely um when you look at the, the original mario 64 you're thinking blimey how on earth was that pliable you know and, uh, yeah, it's still good that he still managed to pull the crowds. To this day, I still play Mario games. Mario Kart, another great game. Mario Odyssey. It's weird because I remember... Well, I don't remember. It's, it's a fact. People used to uh, either be Nintendo or Sega. Sega or Nintendo. It used to be Sonic or Mario. Mario or Sonic. I was always a Mario guy. And one of my friends was a Sonic guy. I'm like, okay, Mario's better. Oh yeah, but Sonic and the Sonic the Hedgehog can run really fast. Uh, okay, it doesn't really require any skill, that does it? Really, you basically run really fast, and if any baddies come along, you press down, you go into a ball, and then you basically more or less become invincible. You know, unless of course of spikes. Oh yeah, but it's really quick. Yeah, so what? This 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 requires skill. You know, skills involved, and um, yeah, it's the the very weird day when Mario and Sonic joined forces. Like really there's sonic and there's mario that's that's what when did that happen you know because there's even now a point where you can actually now fight mario and sonic and uh realistically honestly sonic would win because he's got all these spikes in his back but you know, we won't go into that it's the whole argument of oh what happens if superman and batman had a fight what would happen superman would win oh yeah but no 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 Batman no, isn't invincible. Part one. Oh yeah, but Kryptonite suit. No, that, let's not do this because obviously, Superman can fly. Right? He's uh, he's the most powerful man ever. He can punch through steel, so he can basically just he, he he's got laser beams for eyes. He's got la- he can freeze people going. You know, he can blow on people and make them freeze. He's so cool that if he flies around the earth backwards, he can cause the Earth to travel back in time. Can Batman do that? No. Can Mario beat Sonic? Probably not. But let's not get into that. That's a weird tangent. Um tangential, you know. So as I was saying, Mario's just one of those classic games and speedrunners are able to just find these exploits and just oh it's just fascinating. It's just weird to think there's actually now a competitive element to Mario that never used to be there. And people are able to just race and go for it. There's actually records on how fast they can go. It's like, oh, you have to use the Japanese version of Super Mario 64 if you want to beat that because there's less loading time and it's just quicker and more efficient. And, you know, there's literally like hundredths of a second between these uh, speedrunners. And it's actually crazy when you think about it. And the actual competitive element I mean, the competitive gaming alone is just its something to get your head around. Um, but specifically, Mario. Um, it's like it's just a game that's 35 years old and people are still grinding away at it and the one of the rules is you i think one of the rules you have to use the actual old console to do it as well and uh yeah it's really really fascinating but anyway um this has been man in the room i hope you enjoyed yourself i've enjoyed myself been a nice little trip down memory lane for me very nostalgic hope it's nostalgic for you if it is not nostalgic at least i hope it's educational to, you know old 90s stuff and uh yeah feeling very nostalgic so i suspect there's be a lot more nostalgia coming up so anyway catch you all again next week and until then this is me saying goodbye goodbye who is the man where is the room it's some guy you've never heard of in a room you've never been in For more information, head over to maninaroom.co.uk.